All right, welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. Today we're going to look at Antoine Bowes' classic game, Seven Wonders. Some games are considered the epitome, not necessarily the first, but the definitive of a certain genre or mechanic. For me, Seven Wonders is that game for the card drafting. I am not sure if it was the first, but it is the best. It debuted in 2010. It was designed by Antoine Bauza with amazing artwork by Miguel Coimbra. It won the inaugural Connoisseur's Game of the Year Award for Bauza. Since that time, it has garnered a rating of 7.8 with over 74,000 ratings and currently sits at 49th overall on Board Game Geek. What is odd, though, is that it sits third in family games behind Wingspan and Azul. They must have older family members than I do. I do not think that either of these games would be family-friendly for anyone under the age of 12. There are a lot of simple rules to Seven Wonders. The rule book is pretty clear on them. I say this, but we were playing it wrong for a long time until someone new joined our group on lunch hour and pointed out our error. When we consulted the rule book, not only was it in the book, it was also in red, bold font. You can only play one of each type of card. Anyway, there are a lot of symbols and icons that need to be learned. This comes with more plays and more exposure. Now, on a quick side note, each expansion adds new icons that need to be learned. Time to explain to newcomers is really where this game suffers. There is no way to really explain to a newcomer all the nuances of the game. You can't really explain all the symbols and iconography up front and expect them to remember them all. I find the best way to teach a newbie is to simply explain the basics and then help them throughout their first game as needed by sitting right next to them. Some cards are more self-explanatory than others, and trying to explain how the green sciences work is always a struggle. Yes, this makes the first time with new people take longer and gives them an unfair advantage as you're helping them out, but in the end, they will be better for it. The gameplay. The setup is simple, all down to the third age cards. First, everyone is dealt a wonder card at random. Then each player receives that wonder board. The base game follows the original seven wonders of the world. The Great Pyramids of Giza, Colossus of Rhodes, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, the Lighthouse of Alexandria, the Mausoleum at Halicarnassus, the Statue of Zeus at Olympia, and the Temple of Artemis at Ephesus. Side note, only the Giza Pyramids still stand today. Once everyone has their board, they need to then choose to play either the A or B side. The only difference is the B side is usually harder, but gives greater benefits and bonuses if you play it. All players then take three coins to start. Then whoever has the duty of setting up the decks needs to get the age decks together. The first and second ages are simple. Add in the cards equal to and lower than the number of players playing. In a five-player game, all cards marked with a three, four, and five are needed. The third age requires that you do the same for the first two ages, but then you must add in N plus two guilds. Guilds are the purple cards. They are only in the third age and are added in based on player count. So a five-player game would need seven guilds added to the deck. Each deck is then shuffled and the first age cards are dealt out seven to each player. From there, literally, the game is pick a card and pass, then repeat. This is all done simultaneously. Each player selects a card to play and places it face down. Once all players are ready, everyone plays their card in one of three ways. 
face up for its action, paying the cost, face down under the wonder board for its action or bonus, or if nothing looks good in the hand, a card can be discarded face down in the middle for three coins. Do this six times each age and discard the seventh card. To play a card for its action, you have to be able to pay for the card in one of three ways. The first, there is no cost to build it and it's free. Second, you pay the required resources listed in the upper left corner. You might have to pay your neighbor for their resources to achieve this. Lastly, in the second and third ages, you can build a card for free because the cost to build it was to build a certain card in the previous age. These are noted in the upper left corner as well. In the prior age, the card will list any cards you can build for free in the lower right. Then you score the battles, now that you're at the end of the age. This is simple. Compare the number of armies you have to the player on your left and then on your right individually. The player with the most armies wins, and they receive a positive conflict token that increases in value each age. The person with the least armies or zero armies receives a negative one loss token. And finally, any ties or a push. Then shuffle and deal the next age's cards, and you're off and going. After you've completed all three ages, final scoring begins. Scoring can be a bit complicated the first few times you do it, but then it becomes quick. Except for that person who plays the green science cards. That person will always hold up your scoring. Every player scores points in the seven different areas. You might not score points in all the areas, and that is fine. You can win with no points in certain areas if you're heavy in other areas. You can actually score negative points in armies and still win the game as long as you've compensated for those negative points somewhere else. The actual setup and breakdown can take almost as long as the game itself. Once you have played a few times, like a dozen, you can get a game in, including the setup and breakdown, in about 35 minutes. With the right people and help, you can break the game down really fast and prep it for the next play. My group automatically starts flipping the cards over to sort them by age. Then one person takes an age and sorts from the small to large player count. At the same time, another player sorts the money, and somebody else sorts out the combat tokens. We have played Seven Wonders close to 100 times at my office, and we have it down to a fine art of packing it up. When it comes to replayability, with Seven Wonder boards in the base game, the scalability of player counts, and multiple ways to score points, there is a high level of replayability. Each board has a stronger path to victory, but each one can be played with any strategy, and that strategy may have to change based on what others are doing and who you are sitting between. You can only buy resources from the person to your immediate left and right, so what wonder boards you are between could also have an effect on your playing. Who you are playing with around the table can also have an effect. If you know that your friend will be going for high points in green, you might want to use those to bury to build your wonder. Component quality. There are cards. Lots of cards. It is a card drafting game. The cards are of decent quality, but I highly recommend slaving them. They are the central aspect of the game. You also don't want some of the cards to get marked, which would be an advantage to some serious gamers. But also, with the expansions adding cards, you don't want to have them wear differently. You don't want the people to be able to tell which cards are new, which are old, just from the edges. The Wonder Boards, Combat Tokens, and Money are all nice thick chipboards. There is a score pad in the game, but I recommend downloading it off of Board Game Geek and laminating it. Now, I just use a dry erase marker for the scoring. As I mentioned in the opening, I love the artwork for this game. The Wonder Boards are simply beautiful, the cards all look nice, the realistic artwork really works well with the theme. Bang for the buck. 
With an MSRP of $49.99, it is a bit on the expensive side. However, it is constantly on sale on Amazon and even Target. I think I got my copy off Amazon for less than $25 a few years ago. As I said earlier, it has been played close to 100 times, and I cannot complain about the bang for the buck here. I know I have gotten my money's worth out of this game. Like most of the games I have and play to death, there are expansions that I will review later in this podcast. The Lunchtime Potential. This game is completely doable in a lunch hour. Even maybe a lunch half hour, if you've got those people that can only stay for 30 minutes and got a bolt, they can come in, play the game and leave, while you break it down. As I said in the intro episode, Seven Wonders is an 18-hand game. After all the cards have been drafted and played, you score the game. So, as long as you have no analysis paralysis players, the base game is 40 minutes or less. Even with a full set of 7 players, there really is no added time. Again, it scales beautifully and easily. My lunchtime group started playing this game a lot for a long period of time because we started having 5-7 to seven players every day. So instead of playing two separate games with three or four people, we just played Seven Wonders. The other. Alright, so this is one game that I have to say I love the extras, but I do not have all of them. I love the three expansion packs that I have, but I have no interest in one of the other two expansions. I have hunted down and purchased the Catan Wonder Board, which is awesome. It's on theme with Seven Wonders and on theme with Catan. I have the box organizer, which has been a lifesaver. It helps sort and keep all the expansions in one box. There are metal coins to upgrade your cardboard punch-out ones. They are amazing and add a lot of flair to the game, but they are just very expensive. I've yet to buy them because I feel that the $40 it would take would be better spent buying yet another game. Two of the expansions also had a 7th anniversary card pack that was released a few years ago, so I picked those up as well. I have so much stuff for this game, and yet it all fits nicely into the base game box. Alright, let's take a look at the expansions. The first expansion for Seven Wonders came out the year after the base game. Leaders adds a new set of cards, the titular Leaders, a new Wonder Board, a few new Third Age Guild cards, and coins with a value of 6. The Wonder Board is Roma, and it requires the use of the Leaders expansion. Otherwise, it's pretty useless to try to play Roma. <laughs> you won't be able to use any of the benefits of the board. The same goes for two of the new guilds. They're only useful if you have the leader's cards in play. The other two guilds can be added to your base game, but you might want to let your fellow players know so they aren't surprised by a guild they're not used to seeing. It is also worth mentioning that the Catan Wonderboard Side B requires the use of the leader's expansion as well. The leader cards themselves act as a kickstart to the game. Each leader gives the player a special ability that can be used whenever appropriate. I love this expansion, but it does add a little time to set up and break down. To use the expansion, you need to shuffle up the deck of leader cards and then deal out four to each player. Then a card draft occurs like a standard Seven Wonders Age, and each player is left with four selected leaders. Then, once before each age, each player decides from their own hand of four, one leader to put into play. This can add a whole new level of strategy to your game but it can add a lot of time to the game as well. The drafting round can take some time. There is new iconography used that might require passing the rulebook around for definition. Then before each round, you must wait on everyone to think about which leader they're going to play. They do add a little bit of time to the scoring at the end, but that's minimal compared to the rest of the added time. As I said, I though, I love this expansion, 
but you will not complete the game in 30 minutes or less. It is, however, great if you have the time to play it. You can still easily get a game in under the 60-minute mark. In 2007, Seven Wonders released a 7th anniversary pack of 15 new leader cards that you can shuffle into your leader deck, and of course, new iconography to go along with them. The year after Leaders, 2012, saw the release of the expansion Cities. Cities adds another two Wonder Boards that coincide with the use of the new City cards, which are black-bordered and added to your three ages. Those Wonder Boards are Alcazna of Petra, Hagia Sophia of Byzantium. You now deal eight cards per round per player in lieu of the original seven. There's a lot added to Seven Wonders with this expansion. There are new leaders and guilds to work with the Cities cards. You have diplomacy tokens that you can play to abstain from conflict at the end of an age. There are debt tokens that you take when you cannot pay a debt caused by another player playing certain cards. These cannot be gotten rid of, and they are straight up negative points at the end of the game. The game also introduces some new iconography. Cities also adds the option to play with 8 players. I have never done this, but it is a 4 teams of 2 variant. As a whole, there are a lot of new things happening in Seven Wonders with the addition of this expansion. Now, in my group, we haven't played this version a whole lot. I think it's a catch-22. We don't play it because we haven't gotten it down as smooth as the rest of the game, yet we won't get it down as smooth because we don't play it as often. It does add some length to the game due to the new mechanics. Added to the Leaders expansion, this game still will play in less than an hour, but it will definitely not be completed in under 30 minutes. It adds another line to the score sheet that will need to be tallied up as well, but again, I recommend just downloading the score sheet, laminating it, and keeping it in your box with a dry erase marker. You can go on BoardGameGeek and download the score sheet for this expansion, and it will include every other line needed, so you really only need to have this one score sheet in your box. From what little exposure I have had with this expansion, I am happy with it. I only wish we would play it more. Like with Leaders in 2017, a 7th anniversary pack was released that added 15 new cards to be added to the decks. In 2013, by far the simplest of the expansion packs was released, the Wonder Packs. It adds 4 new boards to mix in with your base game. Abu Simbel, Great Wall of China, Stonehenge, and Mannequin Piss in Brussels, which is literally a peeing statue. One requires the use of the Leaders expansion, one requires the use of the Cities expansion for its side B. The rest can just be added on in. That is all that is included in this expansion. I will say, we use the other two a lot in our games, and they basically become part of our base game. They just add a whole new level of strategy and replayability. This is by far the cheapest expansion that's usually under $20, but totally worth the money. Now I want to talk about the two that I don't currently own. Babel came out in 2014, and what little research I have done in regards to its expansion, it does not seem like one that I would like to play. Hence the reason I have not purchased it. I also do not know any other Seven Wonders enthusiast that has it, so I cannot borrow it. This has also led me to not seeking it out. In 2018, Armada came out, and it was the latest expansion to come out. I've been meaning to buy it, but Seven Wonders has taken a back seat as of late in the office, and I could not justify its $40 price tag if it wasn't going to see the table too much. I still plan to pick it up as it has a whole new tracking board that grants you abilities based on how many of each color card you have played. There are plastic ships, new cards, and more added with this expansion. If we ever get out of this pandemic, I might be convinced to purchase this. 
Who am I kidding? I'm going to get it anyway. The only hard part now is they just released a new artwork edition of Seven Wonders. So now I need to seek out the original artwork version of Armada because, stupidly, they changed the backs of the cards. So now if I buy the new Armada, it will stick out like a sore thumb with my original game. So in summary, I'm going to say it again. You will probably not like this game the first two times you play it, but you have to play it again. And then maybe even again. The first time through, you will be lost. Heck, you might even win by accident. The second time, you'll think you understand it. Try to maximize the scoring and then lose horribly. The third time, you will have a better balanced approach and realize that it really is a fun game. Some people will even tell you that there is a dominant strategy to use for each wonder. I really just play each game depending on the hands I'm given and the people I'm playing with and sitting between. This game was our go-to game for more than five players for a long time. It plays nicely. It scales very well. As a matter of fact, it's the third most played game in my collection behind only Catan and Carcassonne. I do not have a good count on how many times I have played Catan and Carcassonne, but I know that they're both well into the two to three hundred times. Seven Wonders has been played close to one hundred times. That is all for Seven Wonders and its three expansions that I have. It is one of my favorite lunchtime games. It's so quick to play, takes long to master, and offers great replayability. This game should be a staple in your game collection in your office to help with those times that there are more than four or five people. Until next time, you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash eatlunchandboardgame, or you can email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, keep building those bridges. Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room, which Funko Pop Tom just could not resist, and maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.